You are listening to Discover, a podcast from the DIS Team Ministry. Hello, I'm Sue, and I'm joined today by Maggie and Jane. And for this second episode of our Lent series, we'll be reflecting on how the natural world, God's creation, can help us in prayer. So just to start things off, how do you feel about the natural world and prayer? Well, I must say, Sue, I I very much enjoyed your talk on on Sunday morning. It gave me uh, a lot that I I felt, yes, I I just know what she means, that, that feeling of awe and wonder when you're just out and you just get enveloped in in the world around you and and it it just leaves you breathless as you say it's it's just fantastic and i I found that the whole day actually excuse me continued uh in this in this vein um sister sheila from ditchingham um she has a facebook page and uh, obviously, um, the readings had, had um, influenced her. And she put on a picture of a snail shell, very much enlarged. And she said, isn't it wonderful to think that the intellect behind this and the building of Norwich Cathedral are the same? And I, I thought that made me think, you know, um, and then it continued because in the evening we had David Attenborough and um, Life in Colour. Of course. And that, that was fantastic. Um, some of those creatures, especially living under the sea, I mean, you, you just can't imagine the beauty of them. Did you see that, Jane? I, I did see that. And- and I'll tell you what made me think of that. You were, you were talking, um, something you mentioned on, on Sunday morning, Sue, was about how we were part of the natural world and not, you know, we, we were all part of it. And that made me realise, looking at David Attenborough, how actually, you know, there are bits of it that, that aren't relevant to us at all. You know, there's bits going on that we aren't part of. All that colour that we couldn't see the ultraviolet that was so important in the insect world and 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 under the sea, you know, we're, we're just irrelevant in that bit. So the whole big picture really sort of sort of carries on and, and we're just a small part. You know, we don't we don't have fingers in all the pies. We you know, we're we're just playing our little role and hopefully we don't play too big a role in it. I think that's part of the trouble at the moment, isn't it? That, we tend to think we're in control and we're yeah. lord and master over it all, whereas in fact, no, it's not that at all. It's a very interesting um, thought that we are only a tiny bit of it, and I have thought that before, but what you've just said has made it really crystal clear for me that we are only a small bit of it, and that's really a good thing to say, Jane, and thank you for saying that it's helped me i think the psalm that you read at the beginning was absolutely wonderful uh, especially the way you read it actually sue that was that was really good and it opened up the, the the ideas but i do think 
we are lucky because of where we live. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Jaina, but I was brought up in London um, in, in a terrace street which gave off onto the South Circular Road, um, very built up. But fortunately, just over that road was Woolwich Common. Oh. Um, itself not very exciting, actually. But my, my dad used to take me over there for walks when I was little. And it, there were grasses growing. There were those, those, those lovely pink flowers that grow sort of on wasteland, etc. And, and I remember that grasshoppers hearing, oh, yes, in the, you know, in this quite, it wasn't a very exciting place at all. But <clears throat> I was thinking a lot of people, you know, in a really in a city are, are living with, with not a lot of nature around them at all. I mean, here, when I look out my front window, I see trees, lots and lots of trees through the year. <clears throat> I watch how they change. And, you know, I just think we are so lucky. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Not everybody is. No, and I and I really felt that during during the lockdown last summer, I felt so blessed that I could just go out in the garden, just go for a walk. And um and my heart just went out to those those families cooped up in high-rise flats who couldn't get out and I I just it must just have been unbearable for them it must just have been awful through the heat as well but doesn't that show how yeah. important yeah. being in touch with the natural world it, is that when people mm, can't yes. they suffer we suffer we suffer they're showing that now aren't they that you know, just even just being outside and, and just going for a walk is just fantastic for for yes. sense of good well-being. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting what you say about being in London, Maggie, because we've lived where we are now for a while and my both my daughters grew up here and they're both living in cities now. And my younger daughter's in London and all during the lockdown, they she and her partner used to have to get out every day for their walk. She just craves being out in the countryside. And she would find just little pockets of greenery just to go and sit in or be in or, you know, just, just to be out there. And I saw something the other day on the, um, I can't remember what it was on. It must have been one news programme where there's, they're going round the pavements in the cities and labelling the wildflowers ah. so that people could appreciate, you know, even the weeds growing up between the walls and the edges of the pavement, people are naming them. Yeah. And so, and, and I, yeah, and I, I just so That's believe, wonderful. this is the teacher in me, I so believe that if you learn about things, you appreciate them. And if you appreciate them, you want to protect them and you want to, you know, you just want to be part of it. And I thought it was wonderful. That's fantastic. All the wild wildflowers that most people would whip out and say mustn't have that weed. But yeah. think of that little oasis for the bees. And The amazing thing is that if you have a space that humans abandon, 
even a small space the the you know wildflowers will take over and grasses and then you get the insects and it becomes a natural haven even a little space a small space yeah i mean i was talking about those those pink flowers i can't remember what they're called willow herb or something was it willow herb yeah yeah. that was the first thing that came to mind when you said it they're beautiful but they always in derelict spots or yeah because a weed's only a weed if it's in the wrong place, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I've often thought about how weeds come up through between and sometimes through paving stones. I said, sorry, wildflowers come up between and through <laughs> paving stones. And it's, it's, it's another metaphor for that strength and perseverance to survive in that space yeah. which is otherwise so hostile and these flowers come plant little plants come through yeah. and then you, you see buddleia growing you know on a wall where there's it doesn't seem that there can be any nutrients or water and yet they do really well there and and yeah it's it's amazing Yes, it's that that survival, isn't it? So you yeah. actually, you put your neck, put your finger on it there. It's that. So you were right that you you said um, you know if we stop and, and look and and take notice that that will yeah. inspire us to prayer to be thankful. Yes. And, but then to throw a spanner in the works. Good. <laughs> Go on. This has always amazed me. The reason why Stephen Fry is an atheist is because of the cruelty in nature that he has seen. Uh Yes. So what do we think about that? Gosh, well, that's a... Oh, goodness. It's that survival thing again, isn't it? I mean, we, we, we always feed the birds in the garden. And we've got the long-tailed tits coming and the blue tits and the great tits and all the finches that come through. And then suddenly a sparrow hawk will whiz through the garden and yes. pick one of them off. Yep. And yes. you think, and you, and you mustn't think, oh, no, you can't do that, you know, because that's its way of yes. of, of surviving. Yes. No, we, we've, that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that... What do I want to say? I don't believe that God is only making things nice. I think he's just letting it get on. And we've all got to, we've all got to survive, Mm. haven't we? Otherwise, I mean, the whole thing is interconnected. If if the sparrowhawk didn't come and take, pick off perhaps a weaker greenfinch or whatever, then, um, you know, there'll be too many greenfinches. We've we've (laughs) got to sort of get that balance, haven't we? That the whole thing. Is is inter, you were talking about connectedness, weren't you, Sue? That, that interconnectedness, the way that, that everything fits together, yes. is so vital, and that's where humans are are being such a, um, you know, as talking of spanners in the works, maybe yes. that that's where where it's going wrong. We're just upsetting this balance, and yes. um, that's not what we're making the assumption that that we can do what we want without taking into account what was there before because that's the thing these animals and plants were all there before we were 
I mean, building on the countryside, um, building on floodplains. Look what's happened there yes. with the, the yeah, flooding yeah. and things. And and it's, you know, these these places are there for a reason. These things are there for a reason. And we shouldn't. Mm. Should, we should think before we do things. And I'm not sure that we, as a, you know, a species, that we do. Mm. I think we're becoming more aware. Do you not think we're becoming more aware? Definitely. I do have great faith in the youth. I really do. I think they are becoming, uh, I mean, it's not just um, Thunberg and her, her movement, but I, but I, I used to find this with children in school that they, they're so eager to learn about things. They so want to save things and make sure that we do recycle and all this much, much more than our generation did. That they, they're much more aware of, of the perhaps the damage that humans have been doing. Yes, I think I agree. Looking at my great nephews and great nieces. It seems to be part of the curriculum now, at, at, even at sort of primary school level, that they learn about the planet, which yes, means, yeah. I never did. I, d I don't know if either of you did, but it wasn't part no. of our school. Well, we did nature study. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is not nature the same. <laughs> because we, we, we were each given a, a tree that we... Because I, I went to school at Amberfield, which is a private school out in the country near it, which well, it used to be the countryside in Acton. And we had trees, all, it was mostly conifers, but we, we had then had fields and we were given a tree each to study. And mine was the Lombardy poplar, which I'm not sure is native. I don't think it is. <laughs> no. Um, but we had to draw the show, look at the shape and the leaves and how it changed over the seasons. And that was... A, that was really fantastic. But again, children in the city don't have that option, do they? Mind you, in the city, actually, particularly in London, um, there are a great deal of parks. I mean, m my mother always used to say that it, actually in London, there is more opportunity, if you want to, to go and find spaces than than actually here. I mean, if you go for a walk, yes, you can get into the country. But in London, there are enormous green spaces. But coming back to what you said about the younger generation, do you not think that in our society today, we are so individualistic, selfish? It, it's an attitude of mind rather than looking to the to the to greater good, rather. This is going off the slightly, isn't it? But I'm just thinking about attitude of mind. Today it's all rather me, uh, me, me. What can I get out of this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I do this because somebody else will be. Yeah. Yeah. But it all goes up to a hole, doesn't it? If I if I go and throw my rubbish down there in the lane it doesn't mm. matter ah oh, litter don't that's my i just yeah. hate it and fly for yes oh. and then but think maggie i agree with you entirely and just think just thinking i mean it's something a little different is is people flying off on holiday there are people who will jump on a plane you know or not for no reason but 
for very small reasons where they could get on a train which is already going I suppose the plane's already going but if fewer people flew there would be fewer planes flying uh, and I it's all about isn't it all about thinking about what we're doing all the time well no I think I think you're right I think if, if it does make us reflect on how we're behaving um, it, it makes us reflect on on um, the impact that we're having. It's not just the effect that we're having on the natural world, but the effect that we might be having on people around us as well. Yes. I mean, that's important, isn't it? That, that we make sure that we're thinking of other people in, in our local community, the, the impact of, of any, anything we do. So self-reflection and... Perhaps praying, praying about asking God for enlightenment as to the effect we're having, because it's very difficult when you reflect inwardly yourself to actually come think think about it clearly, isn't it? Whereas with asking God for help in this, we'll hopefully open our minds to it a bit more. Yes, I, cert I certainly think that um, if we feel we're part of something much bigger, it puts our own, it puts us into perspective, doesn't it? I mean, it makes us realise that, uh, that the influence or the effect that we might have on other people and, um, and the effect that, uh, that what we do. Yes. Yeah. It's funny what you were what you were saying about the awe and the wonder, and I thought, yes, that's 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 it, isn't it? When I'm outside, that's what I feel. I feel praise. I feel thanksgiving. I feel this overwhelming desire to to be full of the glory of of what 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 God's done around us. And then I I spent the afternoon clearing out the bottom of my hedge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was ripping away because it, it got a bit neglected while I was while I was working. And over the last few years, I've been trying to get the garden back under under control again. And um, and I and I I saw that as a metaphor as well. I thought, you know, if I don't keep on top of this, then it's going to take over again. And I thought about that as my almost like my prayer life. I've got to keep working at it. Otherwise, um, but I'm not going to be able to keep it up. <laughs> so it's something you sort of clear out, clear out the rubbish, and and make sure you 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 keep going back to basics and and um, and and focusing on the on the things that matter and and making sure that you're 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 keeping on top of everything and uh, self reflection all the time and God reflection. God reflection, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because it wouldn't be there without him. No. I love that image, Jane, of the, of the bottom of the hedge. I shall, I shall hold on to that one. Yeah. Yeah, because things can easily get out of control, can't they? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That ivy. But it's made the garden look so much bigger. So uh, much more yes. than our, our garden is decimated because of the chickens. But we wouldn't be without the chickens. 
don't know if Sue finds that too. <laughs> well, mine are in the fruit cage at the moment because of the bird flu. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, we don't have any livestock, none at all. Yeah. Not even a cat. I was just thinking again, Jane, of your image of the bottom of the hedge. It's a really good image for everything to do with faith, really, isn't it? Because if we let things get completely overgrown by life, we we do lose that contact with God, in a sense, don't we? Yes, things clutter. Yeah. Clutter, that's a good word, Maggie. That's a very good word, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned that, didn't you, Sue, in your talk about um, people... Um, pretending to be something they're not or trying to be something that they're not with all their Facebook likes and this, that and the other, whereas we're back to basics, really. But I, I found um, Jesus, when Jesus talked about um, pruning, I found that very helpful because I, I've never been very good at pruning because I've always thought, oh, it's taken all that trouble to grow. I can't bear to cut it off. And it was the, the story of the vine and how you take out the, the bad bits and the bits that aren't producing. And, and actually, you know, those bits, what you're left with is what's important, isn't it? And I've, I've become much better at pruning since and, then. So. And if you look at a shrub or especially roses, when you give them a really hard prune, they do so much better. They grow amazingly. So that, is, yeah. again, is, is a... A thought for us isn't it and maybe as prayer we you know we can ask God to prune back the stuff that that within us that we don't need that is clustering up because then the hope is that we will grow even stronger and produce fruit because a rose that's been pruned the following year they produce amazing flowers yeah. mm. Hoping to get that done this afternoon, actually. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I shall think of that while I'm doing it. <laughs> Here yeah. you go. Gardening meditation. Here we go. <laughs> Definitely. And and certainly this last year when there's been um so much time to, to just think when you're out there. Um what do they say? You're nearer God's heart in a garden than anywhere else? Or you're nearer to God in the garden than anywhere else on earth? Yeah. Isn't that what yeah. it used to say around the old sundials? Isn't it did. It? So as we draw towards the end of, of this podcast, does anyone, either of you, want to say anything else? So then I will just say thank you so much everybody for listening and we hope you will join us again next time.